0: Let me direct you to a Twitter account, Pre-Game Empire. They do this every year. They go through all 68 men's basketball coaches, what NCAA tournament coaches look like they actually do for a living.
1: <laughs>
0: like Nate Oates, elementary school principal. Oh, yeah, I love these.
1: Yeah, th- those are good. I like when they take like, the conference uh, coaches and tell you what their occupation could be. Bob Huggins, president of a children's
0: toy manufacturer. <laughs> Brian Dutcher, restaurant critic. Tony Bennett, divorce attorney. <laughs> Greg perfect. McDermott, Subway franchise owner. <laughs> wow. So welcome in from the World Herald, Joel Lorenzi. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. I'm all
2: right. You know, you know I think Matt could be a, a car salesman. I think I, I see him as a car salesman. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. Wait, a car salesman or like, a, car, like a, a dealership GM where they have to go to him to get the deal? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, okay.
0: yeah, he seems like a small town Iowa, you know, like GM of a dealership yep. that has his name on it. Yep, McDermott Chevrolet, uh, McDermott yeah. Auto. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, that's <not> too crazy.
0: <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, before we talk about uh, your trip out to Denver and North Carolina State, what happened on Friday night in the Big East tournament? I know you had a great time, and that's a great atmosphere. And Marquette was a wagon for for their three games, but. In Creighton Xavier on the heels of the Villanova performance, what happened in that game in your opinion?
2: Yeah, I think uh I think Xavier just frankly, I think based on the the day before, I think myself among plenty others figured that Creighton had the momentum to down Xavier. I mean Xavier needed Kobe Jones to turn up and be the best player on the floor, uh, and those final five or so minutes to knock off DePaul and, and Creighton handily beat Villanova. I think uh, come Friday, I think it was, I think Xavier just stunned Creighton with effort, man. I mean, I think uh, part of Creighton's game plan, which is, I, I would have did the same thing if, if I was Matt Frankly, I mean, you know, having Carl Brenner on Jerome Hunter to to allow Cogburn to roam around. I mean, it seemed like the obvious thing to do, right? Uh, because it gave you, at least so most people thought, the best advantage. Um, I think Sean, Sean Miller just outcoached him, man. Um, uh, he really stunned stunned uh, Creighton with, you know, the wrinkle of, well, one, you knew the disadvantage was going to be on the boards because Kaluma has to mm-hmm. deal with Nunji, um, and Nunji wasn't, crazy activist. Not even like he was dominant, but he was making the plays that make it happen or Stealing dies off to then have Desmond Claude or Kobe Jones come in and swoop in for rebounds. Um so on the boards they, they got beat early. And then Creighton, it was like there was a ghost out there in Madison Square Garden. Man, they losing a the ball. I mean granted, um Xavier's ball pressure was um as good as it's probably been in that series, but there was a couple times Creighton just lost the ball and you you add that you add that up and they're down a lot earlier than, uh, like I mentioned, Jerome Hunter earlier. Um, I think, you know, Cogburner obviously wanted to sag and drop further like he like he likes to, and you could afford to do that because Jerome Hunter isn't a great three-point shooter he hardly shoots him at all. Um, but he became, I mean, he turned into like Kevon Looney. Like, he became yeah. such a great screener and dribble-pissed guy. Like, you, like, had to come up further because you knew. Two boom was gonna lose whoever it was. Usually, wearing them part off that screen and get a good look.
1: The thing that we've seen in pretty much every conference tournament for you know teams that are are built the way that I would say Creighton is, where you have a very talented starting five. I don't think you worry too much about the lingering effect of that Friday. Enough time will pass. You know when Creighton takes on. NC State on Friday. Do you come away with any concerns from that game on Friday? Or is that more of what just Xavier did? And it's, it's you know, on to the tournament, and that's where that's where Creighton should be just fine when it comes to just their overall approach to this.
2: I think it was just an individual personnel thing. Um, you know, you look at the, the Coloma-Nanji matchup. Mm-hmm. For assuming that, you know, Craden and plays a team like that going forward, way shortest to four and a five. Um, maybe you have to be concerned about Columba there um, or just a general O glass, uh, but probably not as much as it was in that game. I thought Xavier's effort was as good as it's been in, in any game during that series. Um, really, not going to call it an outlier because Xavier's obviously a really good team, but um, really high end on the spectrum um would be tough to come by that level of effort um, again if they had that scenario. And then um, I don't think you'll find a guy that could be used like Jerome Hunter again down yeah. the stretch. Um, it would be very, very strange, I think. Um, I think most of these matchups going forward, um, including NC State, are pretty much straightforward, straight up, um, typical, I don't know, defensive matchups. Um, won't have to stretch themselves and try anything different, try any new wrinkles. Um, so, obviously, you're concerned. There are some concerns about effort, I think, from Friday's game. Mm. Uh, but nothing schematically. I don't think nothing that they would try to probably change going forward. I think if you play Xavier again with that lineup, you probably oh. do the same thing. And keep winner on Jerome Hunter. I don't see it going any other way.
0: So let's kind of go into this matchup a little bit. I know you're going to go deeper this week and you'll share with your your readers uh, at, at the World Herald is one guy that people will get to know right away about North Carolina State because he's going to be a, I, don't, I mean, I don't see him getting out of the early 20s in the NBA draft, Terquavion Smith, who for a shooting guard, ideal size. He's 6'4", 185, doesn't get bumped a lot or bumped off his spot, but he's such the off-the-ball catch-and-shoot. Um, you know, he's, there's, there's some flaws in his game but he's one to like a lot. What about him? And then you throw in Joiner as well. Your initial look at North Carolina State, what kind of a matchup is this? Is, or, and also, is there is there a comp for a team that has been in the Big East that people could, could go, okay, they have this kind of personnel, they play like this? Hmm. You know, uh,
2: I guess I haven't thought of a Big East comp, but I will say just on, you know, Stage front on the personnel tip, like uh, like you mentioned it. Brayton could have his hands full with their backcourt. I think uh, you you mentioned to on That's a first round talent, man. I mean, yeah, he his numbers inefficient for sure. But I mean, this is a dude with super high volume. Uh, always got the ball in his hands. Um, you know, he he's a cracky dude. He's, it's rarely, rarely, not rarely, but. It's less spot up and more off the dribble, from what I've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, he's drawing that Bones Highland comparison a lot. Really crafty, shifty guy. Um, and so he's a he's a talent they're going to have to worry about. And then, of course, his backcourt mate Jarkel Joiner, a guy I used to watch in the SEC, it's pretty talented too. Averages seventeen a game. And so um, their backcourt can do some things. And then they have a a pretty uh interesting built center in DJ burns um,
0: he's an old man
2: 300 pounds yeah um, big dude uh, could pose some problems there uh, in terms of you know physicality and whatnot depends on, he actually from you know from what I understand has plays run from him and so uh, you know could be interesting there it could be an interesting wrinkle we'll see how they deal with that um and what we'll called winner ends up taking away from that matchup. But as far as Big East come, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I really, I think, you know, NC State likes to get up a lot. They like to run um, fast-paced. They don't waste a ton of time getting the shot up, uh, which could certainly benefit Creighton. Uh, and I think there are ways to, you know, I think they could potentially see, you know, a win where they let, Kirk Smith go off for, I don't know, 20 or something like that. Maybe just on an inefficient mark mm-hmm. uh, and funnel him to the mid-range. I mean, I think they probably prefer that instead of letting him get to every spot he wants. Um, so there are realities where um, NC State could win, but they're, they're, if I was Dr. Strange, I would, I would say <laughs> that it's probably like 100 out of the thousand realities probably.
1: You, you mentioned they're big, and, and when you look at Creighton in this tournament, one of the the great advantages they obviously have is their big man and the way he defends and, and just how easy it is to to get those points inside with him too. When you kind of look at their draw, do you feel like that's that's going to be one major factor that stands out for Creighton? You know, just given if, if, say, we see a Baylor matchup and a team that, you know, is a little bit more athletically with their guards but not necessarily big man uh, oriented, do you, do you kind of like where Creighton is just from what you could see on that side of the bracket?
2: I think is a tough draw, man. I mean, people, I guess people have this thing. I've seen this where people are like, so, I mean, I've seen this among national media. I've seen this among Craig fans. People are like so eager to move Craig past Baylor and put Craig in a Sweet 16 or their Elite Eight. And I'm like, dude, this, this Baylor team, like I know uh, Kansas did them dirty a few weeks ago, and, you know, there's a, a pecking order in the Big 12 but the third or fourth best Big 12 team could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at you, you want to talk about guard tandems? That three-headed snake Baylor got over yeah. there is among the best in the country, man. Um, and so, and and that's, you know, probably atypical to, to what they're usually used to. Uh, they're, they're offensive juggernaut this year, man. And you want to talk about screeners and, and guys that can operate off the dribble and pick and roll, like Creighton will have his hands full. Like I think one of the bigger problems this season, um, and what probably played a part on Friday, was that you know Nemhard, I think the expectation was that Nemhard, because of the job he did on Sule Boom in Omaha, was going to be able to replicate that. And I think we're at this understanding where like, okay, Trey Alexander is the best perimeter defender. Sure, Nemhar probably works better for that matchup, and you you do it so you hope he replicates what he did. But Charles Anderson is the best perimeter defender on the team, and he has to pick up most of the talented matchups, if not everyone. Um, and so, when there's multiple guys that can create their own shot at such a high level, it becomes tough to delegate and. You know that becomes a problem, and with Baylor, it's as big of a problem as it is with anybody. So I don't know why. Well, I don't know why people are instantly pushing Crayton past them.
0: Hey, you as a hoop head, that's a great uh, regional in Denver. The the teams that are there, um, there's only storylines, story but there's some dudes that's going to be fun for for you covering it and for fans that are going out there to watch two days of basketball because I I liked what got sent to Denver in terms of quality of teams.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a – I mean, damn, it's it's a bunch of good teams. I mean, the, the region period, um, there are some tough teams in that damn region, man. I mean, you think of Bama, you think of Virginia. I'm uh, probably missing a, a few teams off the top of my head, but uh, I, I thought that was one of the – I mean, for if you expect Bama to go versus Arizona, if you expect Bama to go to first in that region, they got some teams to go through, man. Like, they really – even talking about you know Baylor and Creighton, uh, there are some really good teams on this side of the bracket. And you're right, Denver should be fun. Um, I don't know what the rules are when I show up, but I'm probably going to have to. I'm going to try to stay <laughs> as long as I can because be, it's going to be some good basketball, and it's close by. I know people yeah. enjoy that mm-hmm. that aspect of it and whatnot. So, well,
0: it should be great. Uh, enjoyed your work from uh, New York and uh, safe travels out to Denver. Looking forward to all the coverage throughout the week on breaking down North Carolina State and uh, Creighton. And we'll talk to you uh, next uh, Monday either with uh, two victories or uh, what's uh, next for Creighton basketball. Oh boy, I appreciate it, sir. And, talk hey, to hey. him. That's uh, Joel Lorenzi. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at JXLorenzi. And if you interact with him on Twitter, he'll respond. <laughs> somebody somebody, <laughs> somebody tweeted good. at him. It he goes, hey, you enjoying it?
1: So he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. See Joel, you later. Joel's a the man of the people. Yes. All right. I uh, said um, off the air he was sitting next to Bob Ryan during one of the games, not oh, not a Creighton game, but okay. one of the other games he was watching.
0: Well, Whatever. he's a, he's such a diehard basketball guy. I mean, that was right in his wheelhouse to be at Madison Square Garden. Who you know? He, he, so here's part of MSG. They just go through the Big East tournament, which the Big East is in a really good spot right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, a really really good spot. And especially if you add a Patino and a Shrewsbury, uh, possibly. But think about this: MSG is going to host a regional semi and finals. so Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight uh, again. And just look who they could get coming to to uh, New York City. I mean, what have we talked about Duke? Mm-hmm. Um, Duke at Madison Square Garden. It's Cameron North. Yeah. Yep. You could have Purdue, Duke. Uh,
1: Michigan State and Kentucky. Yep, I'm not nah. mistaken. Duke be has been awful. there for a regional before, and so has nah. Michigan State. Yeah, that's almost kind of like a champions classic. Yeah, you know, it's like a postseason almost champions classic there. A little blue Bloods we got New York and Vegas. Mm-hmm. Some there. good regionals. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad well, you we'll all get got to, to. We'll get to experience it next year. The tournament will be back in Omaha, first and second round next year. Uh, I've always had fun with that here. I want to. I want to see that regional come back too. That was a lot of fun. Speaking of blue bloods too, you know, having. We could say we saw one of uh, Jim Beheim's last uh, tournaments, too, right here. You know, I know that was exciting, but uh, seeing Duke, seeing KU here as well. Michigan State didn't do their part. Could have saw them. All
0: right. Uh, good start to the week. Uh, a lot more basketball coming up tomorrow. We'll hand it off to uh, Connor and Josh coming up uh, next uh, for Jacob Bigelow, Tim Kruger, Joel Lorenzi. Uh, announcement at Bellevue West. Danny Kalen will announce where he's going to play football at uh, Noon. Uh, we'll discuss that when he makes it uh, official. Uh, when we rejoin you tomorrow at six for Jimmy, for Nick. I'm Gary. It's Mornings with Sharp and Handley on sixteen twenty of the Zone.